Sensors podcast consumers, welcome to episode 98 of Go Tell to the Wall podcast. I am, of course, your favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke. And we missed a week last week. It's funny, I, I, say, I say that a lot, but for those of you that only listen to the pod, you just noticed that a new podcast didn't download to your thing. It's more of the live feed people and the people that watch the videos that are like, Where was it? Where was it? Uh, in fact, I had someone message me the other day and say, Oh my gosh, I missed the live feed. And I was like, No, you didn't, because it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. I was saying before I got on to the actual recording here that my wife might be burning some leftovers in the kitchen. I can smell it. I can smell it from here. I'm sure she's not. She's actually... If someone was burning something in the kitchen, it would most likely be myself, not my wife. She knows what she's doing in the kitchen, whereas I do not most of the time. I'm like, oh, I can make some macaroni and cheese. Not a lot of things I make in the kitchen. It's just I've never had a talent for, for cooking the foods. Uh, anyway, like I said, episode 98, uh, and we kick things off with our social plugs. That's right, you can follow us during episodes, before episodes, after episodes, between episodes, whenever you so please, and you can do so in multiple locations. One of those would be Twitter. Make Head on over to Twitter, uh, and you will find our official Twitter account for Go Tell to the Wall, and that would be at TellTheWallPod. That's right, at Tell the Wall Pod. Make sure you follow that. You're going to stay up to date on new episodes, new stuff, new concepts coming out. Additionally, you can follow my personal Twitter account, which is at Magic Muppet. Hey, Kevin. Uh, make sure you follow that one as well. You're going to get some repeats of, of stuff, uh, but there's all kinds of good stuff coming through there. Uh, I, I, I will preface that with the at Magic Muppet account is me just kind of thoughts off the top of my head at times so keep that in mind uh, at tell the wall pod you're going to get most of the important information uh, without the ridiculousness that is Sean O'Rourke myself without any kind of filter which happens at times uh, additionally you can follow us on Facebook that's right we're currently live on Facebook right now with our live feed do so at Facebook facebook.com slash go tell to the wall like our page check back often uh, we we haven't been as up to date on things like getting po it's mostly just new episodes being posted but I'm making sure that we're getting uh, new information out to everybody and important stuff specifically some stuff we're going to talk about tonight and we do have uh, admins on that page that kind of keep things in line as opposed to the at magic Muppet Twitter account where it's just me kind of going off the top of my head at times so make sure you're you're if you are a Facebook user uh, make sure you like our page and check back often. Uh, and, and we'll keep everyone up to date on kind of stuff pertaining to things that we talk about on the podcast, which I, I've just been bad about lately, I'll admit it, and we're going to start being better about that, especially when we're giving out calls to action, like those kind of things. So we're going to make sure that's on Facebook. You can also uh, subscribe to our channel on YouTube. That's right. Head on over to YouTube. Search Go Tell to the Wall. You're going to find our channel right there. Subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Like the videos. Watch the videos. Do all the things. You're going to find all of our live feeds. They get posted there uh, usually a couple days after we record. Uh, these, Those are live feeds from Facebook. Uh, additionally, you're going to find all of our beer reviews, some parenting segments, some mental health segments, which there hasn't been a lot posted yet, but I've got a bunch in, in the hopper that just need to get posted on there. Uh, as well as other good things that you're going to find on YouTube. So make sure, please, please, please subscribe to our channel. 
And then, of course, most importantly, and all-encompassing of those things I just mentioned, I say it every week, would be SeanO'RourkeLive.com. That's right, SeanO'RourkeLive.com. That's our official website. That's my official website uh, pertaining to everything that is Go Tell to the Wall and everything that is the one and only Sean O'Rourke. So make sure you head on over there, bookmark it, check back often. There, You actually have links to all those things I just mentioned, <clears throat> all those social platforms I just mentioned. There are links on there. As well as things you're not going to find anywhere else. You're going to find uh, images that, that don't get posted anywhere else. Uh, some videos and our blog posts to so make sure you have that bookmarked. Uh, check back often and, and see all of the things. And see our actual on-air producers. There's pictures of our on-air producers on the website. You're not going to find those anywhere else. We should probably put some on Facebook. I, Bridget, we'll talk about that like later, later in the week or whatever uh, and figure out doing that. And, of course, you'll also find a link to our Patreon. Patreon, if you're not familiar with Patreon, that is a... a, a uh, I, I don't even know what it's not. I wanted to say crowdfunding, but it's not. It is a it's a website that that artists and and broadcasters and the like use uh, to kind of help keep their their passion and their art funded. And we do have a Patreon page that you can go to. And if you have the means and you see fit to do so, please, please help us out financially. A dollar, two dollars, three dollars, every little bit counts. It helps. It helps to keep everything moving smoothly within this studio and it helps to bring us uh bring in new concepts and everything else, which we're currently working on. I'm kind of pushing everything up until episode 100, and then there's new stuff coming. I've been literally sitting in the studio developing it, so look forward to that. Uh, and as I mentioned to our live feed, we did miss a week last week, but we are back, and that was really mainly due to the fact that my wife was out of the country. Not just out of the country, she was in China, like halfway across the world, uh, and it was me riding solo with my two-year-old here, so I just... just Chose to take a week, take a week off and, and not have to stress over that uh, while it's just me and my two-year-old, you know, at home. But now we are back on track with episode 98, so everything is all good. And no bad things. You know, we can miss a week every every now and then. <laughs> Either I get sick and lose my voice or, or things happen and, and, and we miss one. But that doesn't mean we miss an episode because uh, we just kind of keep counting them. We could miss two months, which we won't, but we could miss two months and it, you wouldn't miss an actual episode. It would just be a few weeks without a podcast to listen to, I guess. There you go. Uh, and lastly, in the opening beer this week, tasty one from New Belgium, New Belgium Brewing. This is, uh, if you're not familiar with New Belgium, you probably are. They make the fat tire beer that's pretty popular. You find it just about everywhere. Uh, they have lots of other tasty beers, but they are fully employee owned. So they are fully craft brewery, uh, employee owned, not one of the big boys that, that you're going to find like a Heineken and stuff, you know, that owns all of these breweries. They are fully, fully employee owned. Uh, and this is their Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA. And this Voodoo Ranger, they have a few different kind of beers uh, from Voodoo Ranger. It's one of their, like, sub-divisions, sub-lines that they're doing. And we actually have had, uh, we've had some of their other ones on here. I know we had them for a Halloween episode at one point. Uh, but this, like I said, is their Juicy Haze IPA. It's a juicy IPA. It's a hazy IPA. Not super juicy like some of the ones you've been finding around Southern California if you live around here, or I'm sure elsewhere. It's just I happen to live in Southern California, and that's where I find those super juicy ones that almost taste like orange juice. This one's closer to a New England IPA. Uh, super tasty. Higher alcohol content. It's sitting at 7.5, so we'll see how long uh, I can get through this without getting off the rails and getting ridiculous here. Uh, so keep that in mind. But it is tasty if you're an IPA fan. Definitely recommend that one to you. Uh, and definitely, if you don't like IPAs, check out New Belgium Brewing. They're a great brewery, lots of tasty beers, and I highly, highly recommend them, especially because they are still truly a truly craft brewer, a true craft brewer that you're not going to find with, with a lot of these others because they just get gobbled up uh, by the bigger beer companies and everything else. Mm, I love it. It's tasty. 
All right, let's get into some social trends happening this week, over the past week or so, really past two weeks. I think these are mostly this week, but we're going to get into some of those. Uh, one of those that's, that's floating around right now, and I don't even have anything clever to, I, I just, I'm just glad that this is trending right now, uh, and it's hashtag Sesame 50. That's right, hashtag Sesame 50. If you don't know what that means, uh, we're actually on the 50th anniversary of Sesame Street. 50th anniversary, it's crazy to think that, 50th anniversary of Sesame Street. Uh, is kind of happening right now this year, I guess. I don't know the specific date when that would be, but that's currently trending, and people are sharing uh, their stories of Sesame Street. Because when you think about like 50 years of Sesame Street, that's that's multiple generations of of people that have grown up with Sesame Street, and, and that's just amazing to think about. And it's still going strong. Still new episodes. My two-year-old watches Sesame Street. She was just watching Sesame Street today while I was working on the show. It, it, it's amazing the longevity that they have. And specifically, I was a Sesame Street kid absolute Sesame Street kid. Uh, in fact, I remember going to kindergarten uh, when I when I first attended kindergarten in Miami, Florida. That's right. Don't forget, your favorite podcast host uh, was actually born in Florida, weirdly. Weird as that sounds. I, it's still, I, I, was, I was there, and it's still weird to me. Uh, I actually learned to count to 10 in Spanish. And then when I got to kindergarten, from Sesame Street, and when I got to kindergarten, we took uh, Spanish in my kindergarten in, in Miami, and I already knew how to, like, the first lesson on one of the first days was was how to count to 10. And I was like, oh, I got this, because I learned it from Sesame Street. Uh, so it's, it, it's just a fantastic show. It's great to see that they're still going strong and still influencing kids. And, and what's the, they have a saying, uh, yeah, I can't think of the saying, but they, they have a saying, like, teaching kids to be kinder, smarter, and all this other stuff, and it's all fantastic. Uh, yes, I am Florida man, Bridget. I am actually Florida man, just nobody knows that. No, it's, it's everyone... A lot of people don't realize that I was born in Florida. Uh, oh, thank you, Chris. November tenth, nineteen sixty-nine. So we, we haven't quite hit their their the anniversary of their uh, first air date, uh, but we are within that year. So it's they're kind of celebrating fifty years of Sesame Street. Uh, just I guess throughout the year over the next few months. Uh, and like I was saying, uh, people don't realize I was born in Florida because I I moved to San Diego uh, when I was seven, and I spent even when I was living in Miami as a as a young child, I spent a lot of time in Chicago and San Diego. So. I don't have a crazy association to Florida, despite the fact that I was born there and did live there for a little while. Uh, went to kindergarten and first grade there. Yeah, strange, strange. And But most people, and, and I consider myself a Southern California boy. I mean, really, it's just, I'm a Southern California boy. Outside of my fandom, because my father's from Boston. Uh, it's, it's all about Southern California for me, and it was growing up. All right, another social trend going around right now would be hashtag Women in Baseball Day. So apparently today is Women in Baseball Day, which is, it, this is fantastic. I'm a big baseball fan. If you've listened to the podcast, you know I, I love baseball. It's a, it's a fantastic sport to watch. I love watching. I was never good at playing it, but I really enjoy watching it. I, I always have since I was a kid. It's, there's just, uh, you know, as a kid, there was something about watching midday games during the summer. And and nowadays there's just something as an adult about like cracking open a beer uh, on a warm summer Sunday evening and just and watching some Sunday night baseball. Love baseball. Uh, but if you're not familiar with this women in baseball, uh, there was a time during World War Two. And there's a movie you can watch that was a pretty good movie with Tom Hanks and uh, uh, Gina. Oh, my gosh. Gina Davis. Yes. Gina Davis. I And Madonna. Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, there are a whole bunch of people in that movie uh, called League of Their Own. And it's all about the Women's Professional Baseball League that existed because of World War II. I believe that was it was one of the wars where uh, all the baseball players actually went off to war and, and they wanted to continue with professional baseball. So they created a female professional baseball league, which, which 
did fairly well at the time. Uh, and honestly, I think if they did something like that nowadays, it would probably do pretty decently. I, you know, I, it's something I would watch. I'd be all about it. I don't know how much of a demand there would be for it, but I'm all about it. Nonetheless, the history behind it is what's interesting. And it's great to see that people are recognizing that, uh, even though it's just on social platforms, but recognizing women in baseball day, which again, hashtag women in baseball day, which is today. If it doesn't have a hashtag, it's not an actual day. This is a thing that, that only happened. That's only happened in the past, like 10 years where it's, it's like, gotta have a hashtag, you know, or like hashtag, uh, mental health awareness month. Like if the, if there's not a hashtag, it doesn't exist. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, these kids these days, I just don't even know what to say. All right, a couple funny ones uh, floating around right now. Hashtag combine music and movies. Hashtag combine music and movies. I was enjoying this thoroughly, uh, and this is people just sharing a combination of a movie and a song or multiple songs, multiple movies, whatever it might be. Uh, so people, people like uh, at I am Michael Dank. Oh, I hope his real name is Michael Dank. That's pretty dope. That's like a rock star name right there. Uh, star is born in the USA. Hashtag mu combine music and movies. Uh, and this one I really enjoyed uh, from, uh, I'm not going to say that name. Uh, Driving Mrs. Jackson. Hashtag combine music and movies. That might have been Miss Jackson. But now that I think about the song, it should be Mrs. Jackson. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is Miss Jackson. Uh, and one more I'll share with you. Uh, Chris will probably appreciate this one because you got to be a film buff to even like remember what film or, or miniseries this was. And it's uh, Lonesome Doves Cry. Hashtag combine music and movies. Figure that one out. You, you, you've all got the Prince aspect of it, but Lonesome Dove, not a lot of people know about Lonesome Dove. And I'm not going to sit here and recommend Lonesome Dove. It's just it was a thing. And people that are you know, had to study films like I did or like Chris did, uh, are, are usually aware of like those things like Lonesome Dove and whatnot. Uh, all right. Another hashtag going around right now. Hashtag it's perfectly legal to hashtag. It's perfectly legal to, uh, we know in California and many other States hashtag it's perfectly legal to smoke a joint. Just, you know, it's perfectly legal nowadays. Uh, but I did enjoy this one, which came from, I'm just Dan. I'm just Dan. I enjoyed this. Uh, hashtag, it's perfectly legal to eat tacos on days other than Tuesdays. Yes, wall fans, common sensors, common sense dictates that we can eat tacos seven days a week if you really want to. It's just every day can be Taco Tuesday. All right, one more of these I want to share with you. Uh, one more hashtag. And then I, I have an interesting story I want to get into that I'm including here uh, within the, the social platform trends that are going on right now. Uh, but before we get to that, hashtag <clears throat> odd reasons to call the cops. Hashtag odd reasons to call the cops. Uh, there's a funny one here. Using different words, it's actually referring to the old TV show ALF. And they use a word that people can use to describe cats. And it's kind of funny, but I'm just not going to use that one. Uh, but definitely check this one out. Odd things, odd reasons to call the cops. Uh, <laughs> this one I enjoyed uh, from, again, I'm not going to read that name. Someone stole my counterfeit money. Hashtag odd reasons to call the cops. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of them here. I, I would recommend checking that one out. There's always those serious stories of people calling the cops. Like you remember years ago, there was a police officer that called 911 because he and his wife had eaten like a pot brownie or something that had been confiscated. Yeah, that's an odd reason to call the police, but that actually really did happen. This is more comical stuff that, that we're talking about here. All right, I want to talk about this before we move on to TV film books. We got a lot of TV film books this weekend. Good stuff to talk about. Uh, let me get a sip of my Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA first. Mm. I enjoy that one. Like it's it's 
It's unfortunate that it's 7.5% because I can't drink a ton of them. I just like a couple of them, I'm done. I'm, I've, I'm, I've gotten weak in my old age. I prefer like a 5.5. We're talking 2% more uh, than what I usually drink. Anyway, I want to talk about this story. Uh, so there's an influencer. This story just kind of dropped like this week, just dropped and or started picking up steam this week. Uh, there's an influencer. There's finger quotes for those of you that only listen to the audio. Influencer. God, I hate that word. I've always hated that word. So this influencer named Ari, A-R-I-I, uh, who's an Instagram influencer. She has two mil, over 2 million Instagram followers. You know, people like follow her Instagram page or channel or whatever they call the Instagram stuff. I don't even know. Uh, and so because of her influencer influence... She wanted to start a clothing line, and so she made a deal with a company to to launch this clothing line, but what had to happen was she had to sell a minimum amount of t-shirts kind of right off the bat so that the company could see, yes, we can do this. You have enough fans that we can get behind this clothing line, whatever it's going to end up being. She needed to sell 36 t-shirts, 36 t-shirts. She couldn't sell the 36 t-shirts, 2 million Instagram followers. And in fact, I saw someone that tweeted something about this earlier. Uh, and they were like, if 1%, 1% of her followers, and I think she's close to 2.5. So I think some 2.5 million, someone was basing this on 2.5. Uh, if 1% of her followers did this as 25,000 shirts, she couldn't even get 1% of her followers to do this. And I'm, I'm laughing, not because I, I feel, you know, I, like, because I, I do kind of feel bad for this influencer. But this is the world we live in. This is the world we live in now, common censors, wall fans. Think about this. Two million, two million plus followers on Instagram to make you an influencer. An influencer. But we live in a society where there has to be, you have to have an actual, like, an actual concrete showing to 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 be in business you know what i mean as, as much as i make fun of like the kardashians they they do make money they they have lines they have these things like as much as i dislike them that's influencers those are influencers just because somebody posts some photos on instagram and g works them their way up to two million followers because they post photos of themselves no, nothing of any substance Here's just photos of myself. In fact, I'm looking at this photo uh, of this influencer that, that's at the top of one of the articles I was looking at, and it's her holding a phone up to a mirror and taking a picture of herself, and she doesn't even look happy. Doesn't even look happy. But this is the world we live in, where people equate their value with the amount of followers they have on social platforms. But we can see, here's a perfect example of how that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. We've inflated the importance of followers on these platforms. These platforms that in the end really mean nothing. They mean nothing. And we need to realize that followers, it doesn't translate to fame or talent. It simply doesn't. Because here's the thing. You can be a super attractive female or male, whatever it is, and you post shirtless photos of yourself. You're going to get followers. You're going to get them. Does that mean people want to buy stuff from you? Hell no. Maybe they do. I'm not saying they won't. But does it definitely? No, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. So think about that. Think about the fame that we, we throw onto all these little influencers because they have followers. But make sure they have substance. Make sure they have talent. 
Otherwise, you're just inflating numbers for nothing. And you know what the fun fact of all this is? And just, just so we can be clear, taking pictures of yourself in a mirror, like you couldn't even get someone to take your picture, taking pictures of yourself in a mirror with your smartphone, that, that doesn't, that's not talent. That's not talent. It's simply not. And the fun fact of the day here, especially pertaining to this, is you want to know the percentage of the U.S. population that is on Twitter? The percentage of the U.S. population. It is about 22%. 22%. And keeping in mind, that's adults. It's 22% of the adult population because you have to be 13 or 14 or whatever to be on Twitter. It's only 22%. It's very similar numbers for Instagram. Those numbers do increase a little bit for Facebook. 22%. That's not even half. That's not even a quarter. Like, come on. But this is the world we live in. Everyone justifies their value from social platforms. And I've seen, I, I watch this happen all the time. All the time. People are like, I'm Twitter famous. I'm like, what does that mean? What does that even mean? You, you can tweet things? That's great. Do something of some substance. You can retweet people? Great. Good for you. You're taking other people's tweets and you're retweeting them and you think you're famous now. Give me a fucking break. Seriously. I can't with it anymore. I just, I can't. And here's, like, this is just the, the perfect example. And I'm, I'm really hoping the influencer bubble bursts, like completely bursts. And I'm not saying everyone, you know, there are people of, of substance out there. I have relatives who are influencers, but they have talent and they put great content out there instead of just taking, taking pictures. That's totally what it is, Bridget. I'm desperate for validation. That's what it is. Desperate for validation. That's why we like as much as I, I. Uh, I, I talk about the ways you can follow us on social platforms. We don't, we don't put a lot of onus on, on social platforms with Go Tell It to the Wall. We don't. Simply because the majority of our fan base doesn't care to be on Twitter and, and all those other things. In fact, we have some fans that literally got on Twitter and YouTube and some others just be like, fine, I'll go and subscribe here. You know, Most of them just want to listen. They don't really care to talk to random people. You know, That's what it is for me. I like to, to vent on Twitter. And it's usually, like, nobody cares, you know, but I vent a little. And it's mostly me getting information from other people. Uh, Instagram is is photos of my kid. <laughs> That's basically what it is. Uh, and Facebook is basically photos of my kid. That's what I use those platforms for. My relatives thoroughly enjoy it. My friends thoroughly enjoy it. And that's what I go to Facebook mostly for, is to see photos of my friends and their kids and their families and everything else. Let, let's, let's realize what these platforms really are, should be used for. All right, TV, film, and books. Man, I feel like we just, we're already behind here. It happens. I won't say we're off the rails, but we're behind a little bit here. TV, film, and books. Rotten Tomatoes finally doing some good things. That sounded so much harsher than it needed to be. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has done some good things. Uh, they have finally done something great that they should have done a while ago, and this became terribly evident, uh, especially when uh, Captain Marvel came out. Uh, so they are now requiring... Uh, ticket purchase verification for audience ratings. So if you're an audience member, there's a portion of Rotten Tomatoes. They have actual critic ratings, uh, but they have audience ratings as well. You have to verify your ticket purchase to a particular movie before you can actually leave audience ratings. That's fantastic. Why? Because it makes sense. And now we can't have a bunch of bigots trying to ruin a movie just because they're upset that a woman uh, is playing a superhero, which is crazy. Oh my gosh. Hi, H. How you doing there? What time is it where you are? 
We've got an international watcher on the uh, on on the on the live feed right now. Unless you're in the country right now, um, but H H Kim, Hector Kim. I call him H because that's what he went by when uh, when we were living together and going to film school together. All right, moving on. Game of Thrones petition. Oh boy. Oh oh. This Game of Thrones petition. This is that thing I talked about it. Uh, and the reason I'm bringing it up again is I've actually got an awesome quote here. This is a long quote, so I'm going to paraphrase some of this stuff. Uh, but the brother of our very own Chris Song actually posted a very, very well-written, thought-out rant about the petition asking for Season 8 of Game of Thrones to be redone. And I wanted to share some of this with you. I'm going to kind of cruise through it, but you'll, you'll, get, the, you'll get the basic idea. Uh, this is from Rob Hassong, brother of, of our very own Chris Hassong. Uh, and I quote, To the writer of the petition calling for the redo of Game of Thrones Season 8 and all that signed it, you collectively are some of the most egocentric, delusional, and entitled people ever. Where in the hell do you get, get off thinking you have any say about how this show looks, sounds, or feels, or what the story is. Let me be abundantly clear. You have zero say. None. You didn't create it, write it, act in it, assist in the production of it, or pay for it. Do you know what that makes you? A consumer. The only power that that gives you is to buy or not to buy. You, do not, you don't get to demand something you bought is changed because you didn't like the product. More importantly... This is a piece of creative art. You can't demand that someone changes that to fit your view of how you think it should have been. Are you arrogant, entitled people going to petition Republic Records and demand Taylor Swift redoes her latest album if it doesn't meet your expectation? Or petition the publisher de demanding Stephen King rewrites his latest novel because you didn't like it? Petition an artist to repaint their painting? Doesn't that sound absolutely insane, totally arrogant, wildly inappropriate? Yes, yes it does. This is you. You have no right to ask an artist to redo their work because it doesn't meet your expectations, period. Buy or don't buy. Complain about it if you want. Complain online if you feel you must. But signing a petition to redo Game of Thrones Season 8 or to redo The Last Jedi because you didn't like it or threaten Marvel Disney for making a female lead superhero movie is completely insane. Don't like it? Fine. You have the right to your opinion, but to have the arrogance to try to force a creator to meet your demands is absolutely intolerable. Life isn't fair, and you can't just whine and expect to get your way. Grow the F up, people, and, and news, outlets, news outlets stop shining a light on these whiners. You're not helping. You're merely focusing on spoiled little brats that are throwing a tantrum because they were given vanilla ice cream, but they expected chocolate. Spoiled, immature, childish, entitled. Stop focusing on them, and they might just go away like the spoiled little brat having a tantrum in the grocery store because their mom didn't get them what they wanted. Their mom simply walks away, and the tantrum is no longer any fun. Maybe if we ignore these petition whiners, they will wise up and stop too. Thank you, Rob Hassong. It's funny, I read this like last week, and I was like, yep, that's basically what I have been saying, but he said it much better. So that's a direct quote from him. And those are things to keep in mind. Complain all you want. Complain all you want. Petitions, get stuff remade. And if I talked to a couple people about this recently, especially since I saw that post. And I was like, think about it like this. Just the way Rob says it. Would you ask an artist to repaint a painting? I'm like, hey, Pablo. I don't know. This, uh, this one doesn't really fit my needs, Pablo. I'm, I'm going to need you to redo that one. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. Oh, the best would be Banksy. <laughs> Like Banksy, can you let me do this graffiti right here? And he just comes in with a blowtorch. You get nothing. That'd be pretty cool to see. 
But of course, people are still going crazy over this. And in fact, there's a new petition going on uh, that currently has over 10,000 people signed onto it. Uh, and it's angry Game of Thrones fans, really, that have come out and said that they want Benioff and Weiss removed from the upcoming Star Wars film that they are working on. Another petition. Another petition. It's, it's just amazing to me. Uh, again, spoiler alert, it's not up to you. It's not up to you. If you're paying Benioff and Weiss, you have every right to fire them. It's not up to you. People. So entitled. It didn't go my way. You're childish. Sorry it didn't go your way. You're a child. Oh, and then yet another Game of Thrones petition? No, not a petition per se, uh, but a campaign that is going on right now. And this one deserves a little good on you uh, because there is a Game of Thrones fan who actually started a petition, ra uh, well, a campaign raising money for Amelia Clark's charity, which is called Same You. Same You. And this was actually created in response to the petition. They wanted to put a positive spin on everything that's happening. Same You is actually a charity that was started by Amelia Clark, and it is to help people with traumatic brain injuries, uh, people recovering from brain surgery, those kind of things. Because if, if, if you're not familiar with it, Amelia Clark actually had two brain surgeries uh, over the course of the filming of Game of Thrones, almost died a couple times. Uh, taking care of aneurysms in her brain. And so based on that, she started this charity. And fortunately, uh, the, the fan that started this has, has so far raised $45,000 for the Same You charity. So good on you to those fans, good on you to everyone out there that's actually making a positive impact instead of just sitting on their couch with their laptop and whining. Whining. That's the other thing with the petitions. Because uh, some, somebody, had, I can't remember who it was, I was talking to somebody. I think it was in person, not even online. And they're like, well, what's wrong with that? So they're upset. And it's like, the other thing to keep in mind is you're diminishing the power of petitions. We create petitions to, to make real and logical changes in the world, in our country, in our state, in our city. Not to whine about the ending of a TV show that we didn't enjoy. It's astounding. It's astounding. Just the, whatever. Can't do it anymore. I guess that's, that's all I have to say about that. Little Forrest Gump. That's all I have to say about that. Like five people kind of laughed at that, and the rest are like, shut up, Sean. Uh, some more TV film books news. Back to the Future the Musical. You heard that right. Back to the Future the Musical. It's finally happening. We heard rumblings of this like over the past year or two. It is actually finally happening. It is coming to fruition next year in February of 2020. It's finally happening. The Back to the Future musical. We'll be opening in London in February of 2020. The interesting thing about this is uh, Zemeckis, Bob Gale, and, and Alan Silvestri have all signed on to this. Zemeckis is the writer-director. Bob Gale is the uh, co-writer-producer. And Alan Silvestri did all of the music. They have signed on for this musical. I love Back to the Future, and I hope it does incredibly well. I'm a big Back to the Future fan. Loved it, loved it, loved it in the 80s. Loved it in the... What did it... It didn't extend in the 90s. I've loved it since ever since it came out. All three, all two and a half of them. I'll give Back to the Future three. Like, ah, it was there. It was there. One and two fantastic films. Big, big fan of them. Oh, Netflix. Netflix doing some good things. Better get on this Disney and your Disney Plus ridiculousness. Uh, so we all know about the ridiculousness happening in Georgia right now and other states, but Georgia getting a lot of uh, a lot of spotlight being sh uh, shined on Georgia right now because of their uh, very restrictive 
women's rights laws. I'm not even going to call them abortions laws. It's 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 female rights laws. It's you know it's it's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> two and a half. That's what it is, Chris. Because nobody nobody can give like full credit to Back to the Future Three. Uh, but Netflix actually did come out recently this week in an interview with Variety, uh, and I believe this was probably their uh, their communications officer, is one of their higher ups, talking about it, how they fully intend uh, to pull all production out of Georgia if the law uh, does take effect. The bill does take effect because right now it's a bill that was passed; it's not it hasn't actually fully taken effect. Uh, but Netflix has come out and officially said that they will be pulling everything out of Georgia if that new law takes effect, that new bill, that new law. If that new bill becomes law, uh, no more Netflix production in Georgia, which will be interesting. Um, <laughs> our very own Chris Hassan wants to start a petition uh, for Back to the Future 3 to be redone. Redone. Um, I, I mean, I don't want to diminish petitions in, in just in the long run, but I, w- I really wouldn't mind seeing... Uh, Michael J. Fox and uh, oh my God, Christopher Lloyd, <laughs> like just redoing it like low budget. Let's start it, Chris. Let's see if we can book them and just shoot like low budget in in my backyard or your backyard. Perfect, perfect. Ah, uh, some news out of Disney. Freaking Disney, man. Uh, really, this one's just interesting. We got some news out of Disney, uh, and this is pertaining to to the people that do the uh, the they do tracking for box offices. Uh, so Toy Story 4 is going to be coming out soon. And and the tracking on that right now is looking at an opening of about $150 million domestically. Opening weekend, $150, uh, $150 million domestically, which would be interesting. I believe, and Chris might know off the top of his head, that might be the record. Uh, Toy Story 3 actually opened at 110 just over $110 million domestically. Uh, and some of these tracking experts are saying that it could even go as high as $180 million. Which, keep in mind, that doesn't sound like a lot when we just came off of Avengers Endgame. For an animated film, that is, it's, it's incredible to think about the money coming from that. Uh, and it absolutely makes sense to me. That's why Toy Story 3 was huge. I was actually at Disney when Toy Story 3 came out. The, just the, the mania and, and the fandom behind that was fantastic. Uh, and, and I'm not a huge Toy Story fan myself, but I know a lot of people that are. Love the story, love the characters. And the, the thing to keep in mind with this is nostalgia is so high. Nostalgia is so high with Toy Story because a lot of the people that, that watch Toy, the first Toy Story uh, as kids are now adults. So the nostalgia is just through the roof on that one. I wouldn't be surprised if it does 150, 180, even more than that. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I think it'll be interesting to, to, to follow it, but I definitely wouldn't be shocked if it, if it does like 180 even. I mean, and that's just astronomical for an animated film. Astronomical. Uh, all right, we got a couple more on these. Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. You've seen the trailers coming out and everything else. Uh, it, they, they've been running into issues for the past couple years, really, on reshoots. And most recently, they had to do more reshoots. And we got some news as to why they had to do more reshoots. Uh, news coming out of the, uh, the well, the production team behind Dark Phoenix. I was about to be like, out of Fox Studios. No, <laughs> technically out of Disney, I think, at this point. Uh, was because they'd, they'd reshoot the entire ending of the film because it was too much like another big superhero movie. 
We don't know exactly what superhero movie that was, but the conjecture right now seems to be that it was too close to uh, Captain Marvel. Too close to the ending of Captain Marvel. I'm not spoiling anything. I, I haven't seen Captain Marvel. I don't know the ending. All I know is Stan Lee's reading the script for Mallrats in it. That's all I know. And I know she ends up in the next film. Like, you know, obviously. We, you can't avoid that. She's in trailers and junk and whatever else you watch for Endgame. So uh, so we know that's happening. And one more thing, really the most important thing I'm going to give you on TV, film, and books this week. And I know our very own Chris's song. And probably Bridget. I just I, I, I believe Chris had shared this, but I'm, I'm not sure if Bridget is a fan. We'll have to talk about that. She probably is. Uh, we had a trailer drop today. Probably the most important trailer for me. That is going to be dropped this year. Uh, and that would be the trailer for The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. That's right. I've talked about it on the podcast before. This is a new Netflix series. They're probably going to bill it as an original series. But no, 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 no. There was a film back in the 80s called The Dark Crystal. It's not an original. Uh, but this is coming out in, I believe, August. And I'll tell you from the trailer, I am I, like I was excited about this to begin with. I'm even more excited now based on the trailer. I think it's going to be fantastic. Mark your calendars. It, it's sometime in August. Uh, I believe it was end of August because I remember looking at it and being like, oh, it's like beginning of the burn or during the burn, whatever burning man being the burn. Uh, so I'm super excited about this one. I'll have my calendars marked, my calendar marked, and I will probably just binge the entire thing because it's going to be on Netflix. And I don't think they're going to do the uh, the time to releasing like they they've kind of tested on some other uh other properties that they have but definitely check out that trailer especially well i would say check out that trailer maybe if, if you were a dark crystal fan a henson fan if you weren't uh just prepare yourself it might look a little weird <laughs> it's probably a little weird if you're not familiar with dark crystal i will admit that it's it's kind of weird all right let's move on to some music i just have a couple things in music here uh new blink album i've talked about the new blink 182 album i, I knew you were chris because i think i saw the one that you shared uh, I, Chris is super excited. I'm super excited. Dark Chris, like that is the epitome of my fandom when it comes to Henson. I, I love the, I love the Muppets. I love Fraggle Rock. I love Sesame Street. I love Dark Chris. I, I love it all. Love it all. I, when I went to the Jim Henson experience here at the Skirball Center, uh, I'm pre they had the characters from the Dark Crystal, and I'm pretty sure I just stood there staring for like 15 minutes, just in awe of the of the actual puppets that were just right there, like a little piece of glass between me. It was amazing. All right, some music news. Like I said, the new Blink album, new Blink-182 album, was supposed to be coming out before Warp Tour kicked off, which meant it was coming out in June sometime. Looks like we've got some confirmation from Mark Millennial, Millennial Mark Hoppus, that it won't actually be coming out in June. He did a little Q&A uh, talking about that and said, no, it will not be coming out. And uh, speaking of Millennial Mark, that's what I have dubbed him now. I have stopped following him on Twitter. Uh, thank you, Chris. August 30th for the new Dark Crystal series. I thought it was the end, and that's like the very beginning of the burn. I've actually stopped following Mark Hoppus on Twitter because he decided two weeks ago, almost two weeks ago, to start tweeting spoilers about the Game of Thrones finale. And he was doing it at 7 p.m. here on the West Coast. 7 p.m. The show, the show, episode wasn't even over yet. It wasn't even aired here yet. But even if you get the 6 p.m. because you get on HBO Go when it's available at 6 p.m. usually, he didn't even finish the damn show. Didn't even finish the episode. And he's spoiling stuff. And this is a problem. We have these influencers. Mark, just go back and write music. You're not a teenager. Stop acting like a teenager on social platforms. Kind of done with him. Still going to listen to your music, Mark. But I'm kind of done with you at this point. I'm going to go hang out with Scott Russo in a couple weeks at the Glass House. Because that's, that's real Poway punk rock music. All right, moving on to more, more music news. This is when 
Kind of gets both lines of movies, TV, film, books, and music news. Ethan Embry. Are you guys familiar with Ethan Embry? He's an actor. He's been in a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Uh, one of the most important films he was in was a little film called Empire Records back in the 90s. Empire Records. There's a scene in that film, and I'm not spoiling anything. He eats a pot brownie, and he, he inserts himself somehow into this this video uh, music video from a band called Guar. Guar. If you've never seen Guar, check them out. Uh, they're interesting. I don't listen to them regularly. It's a fun, interesting band. They were actually on Oprah at one time, uh, years and years and years ago. They're just very theatrical performances that they put on. Uh, again, I'm not trying. If you haven't seen Empire Records, it's not going to spoil anything. Uh, he gets eaten. That's like a whole shtick that they do. He gets eaten by this giant worm. He's like, ah. Well, Guar is playing Riot Fest in Chicago, uh, coming up here soon, and he actually tweeted. Let me see if I can get the actual. Here it is. Uh, he tweeted at Guar. Well, no, didn't even. Yeah, he did tweet at Guar and said, and I quote from Ethan Embry: "I see Guar is added to the hellscape of at Riot Fest. I have a 25-year score to settle to settle with a gluttonous virgin-eating worm. See you in Mud City, Guar. So we're gonna get like a little bit of a sequel to Empire Records in the form of Ethan Embry, who is now 25 years older than he was in Empire Records, uh, probably getting on stage with Guar. So if you're in the Chicago area or you're going to Riot Fest, which I would highly, highly, highly recommend going to Riot Fest. I, if I was in the Chicago area, I would be there. I'd probably pay, honestly, I'd probably pay a couple hundred dollars for this one uh, because Rancid is playing, uh, Blink is playing. The weird thing about this, and I will say, just kind of an off, like off topic a little bit, they have Blink 182 listed like build at the top of all the bands and they are built above Slayer. Now I'm not a Slayer fan at, at all. Like I, I don't dislike them. I'm just I, like, I don't listen to Slayer, but really let's calm down a little bit. Slayer should be above blink 182. And honestly, in my book, I love blink 182. They're Poway hometown heroes and stuff. Rancid should be above blink 182. Let's, let's stop with this ridiculousness. Let's stop with it. Just cause Mark is millennial Mark on Twitter and we got to put them at the top of everything. It's ridiculous. Really is ridiculous. All right, one more thing in music news. Apparently, Judas Priest, <laughs> uh, Rob Halford, Halford, the lead singer of Judas Priest, feels the same way a lot of the, that a lot of us do about cell phones at concerts and at shows. And apparently, at a show recently, I don't even know where exactly that show was. Uh, there was a fan up close to the stage who was holding up their phone, and Rob Halford saw fit to kick the phone out of his hands, and it went back about like six people's, like over like six people's heads past the crowd. I was going to say like six rows of seats. It's not seats. It's a pit. Uh, but kick the phone. It went flying back. There's actually a video of this if, you, uh, if you're interested in checking it out. And here's the thing. Uh, like I get it. People like to hold up their phones. And I've talked to many people about this who, who really feel the same way. And this is how I feel. If you want to take a quick picture, a quick video, put your, cam put your phone up at a good time when you're not blocking people. Take your, put it back down. It's the people that hold their phone up and like live stream the whole, get the fuck out. Just, just go somewhere else. Stop. Or go to the back and do it. But you see people in the pit that do this, and it's it's so frustrating. It's like, put your damn phone down. You want to take a qu cool, quick picture? That's fine. I get it. But don't be standing there holding your phone the entire time. You're ruining it for everybody. You're ruining it for everybody. All right, let's move on to some mental health. We're having some uh, some issues with it. Let me see if I can get that working a little better. We're having some live feed issues here. Yeah, see if that gets a little better. Yeah, still having problems here. All right, we'll see if that 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 should improve slightly. I'm gonna see if I can get that working as as we're going through some of this stuff. Uh, Want to talk about mental health? 
Real quickly, I don't have a ton of stuff this week, uh, but it is still May, as I mentioned at the top of the show. It is still hashtag Mental Health Awareness Month. That's right, hashtag Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, And I bring that up because we are at the end of it, and it's things that we should be bringing up and everything else. Uh, But keep in mind, keep in mind that, uh, that for those of us suffering from mental health problems, from mental illness... Let's see if I can get that working. Sorry, guys. Uh, just having some technical issues here in the studio. Uh, for those of us that, that suffer from these issues and deal with them on a daily basis, it doesn't end once May ends. It, it just doesn't. It doesn't end once May ends. Uh, and, and keep that in mind, especially if you have friends, close friends, family, uh, that deal with these kind of kinds of issues. Check in with them. Just because May is over doesn't mean you can stop checking in with them. Check in with them just and not say, hey, you, you having problems with your mental? No, but just say, hey, how you doing? You doing okay? You know, how are things? Sometimes a simple hey, a simple hey can go such a long way when it comes to that kind of stuff. Such a long way. We're having all kinds of issues on the, on the live feed right now. I don't know what is going on. Anyway, I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, and one other thing I want to bring up here is, is, the fact is, one in, about one in five teens has a mental health struggle. Teens, teenagers that are dealing with this, has a mental health struggle. And that's just something to, to really keep in mind when it comes to your friends, your family, anyone you're close to that, that might be dealing with those issues. Check in with them. Check in with them. Those issues don't go away just because May is over, just because it's the end of May. Check in with them. All right, one more thing I want to talk about, and I put this in mental health just because I thought it was incredibly brilliant and incredibly funny, uh, and that would be the... What is this? Okay, i got to get rid of that. I think I just found what the technical issue here was. Okay. Uh, so in New York, there is a company that came out with these, these what they're calling public punching bags. Public punching bags. They're large yellow pads, large yellow pads that they have placed throughout Manhattan. Uh, and it actually is a place for if people are having a bad day to just punch the punching bag, punch the punching bag. It's amazing. It, these, these are great. I think these are fantastic. And in fact, to the point where I need like three for my house, I do, I need like three for my house. Maybe I'll give my kid one too, and she can just go nuts on it. Um, all right. The heck I am out of whack here. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Sorry. I'm losing my place here. We're having technical issues on the live feed and I'm losing my place. Just this Facebook. It's Facebook that, that's messing this up right now. All right, let's move on to some parenting. This one actually kind of straddles both those topics, and we are running short on time, and our live feed is, is just not really working well right now. Uh, kids and anxiety. Kids and anxiety. This is something I was looking at recently, and I've kind of hinted at this a little bit on previous episodes and, and kind of being aware of, of mental health issues for children. This is something that we just didn't know about when I was a kid, but looking back, I can clearly see the, the mental illness problems that I was dealing with as a child and, and just had to continue to deal with without really having understanding. But luckily, nowadays, we have better understanding of these things. We have better understanding of these things, uh, which, which is helpful for kids. But we need to keep in mind that they're still kids. And in fact, a lot of times, kids that have anxiety don't know how to articulate that. They don't know how to articulate it. So what they'll say is they'll say, my stomach hurts. They won't say, oh, I'm, I'm starting to have a panic attack. They'll say my stomach hurts, you know? And these are things to keep in mind because, your kid, like I said, your kids can't articulate it. And there are certain signs that you really want to keep in mind when it comes to your kids. 
because they're not going to tell you, you know, I'm having a mental health problem. They're just not. And some of those signs would be, like I said, constant stomach aches during stressful situations, agitation, restless behavior, avoiding people, people or situations that could even slightly stress them out, meltdowns over slight issues. This is a big one. That's a big one you need to keep in mind uh, for yourself or for your kids. Difficulty transitioning, extreme perfectionism. Uh, I know that all too well. That's, that's a problem I had as a kid and still have a problem uh, these days. Strange coping mechanisms that can be com- considered as self-harm, biting, scratching, pinching, or even pulling of their own hair. Uh, I've bitten my nails since I was uh, since I was a young kid. It's just been part of uh, what I do. Uh, so those are signs, and I bring it up because if you have kids, if you know people that have kids, uh, it's important to, to keep that in mind. They don't know how to articulate it every time. They just don't. They don't. All right. I really wish the live feed was working a little better, better right now. Uh, Chris, if you're on there, uh, Chris and or Bridget, I'm about to talk about uh, six minutes. Six minutes is, is what I'm going into right now. Uh, I don't know that the live feed is actually staying on very well. It just decided to start going crazy here, and, and I don't know what's happening. Um, let's see here. Oh, now I see what's happening. Let me see if I can get this working a little better. Apologies to everyone only listening uh, to the to the audio here. We're just having some problems with the live feed. That's so typical. We're and here's the thing. I'm gonna, this is breaking news right now. Uh, after episode 100, we're done with Facebook. There's going to be no more live feeds on Facebook. There's there's no more live feeds on Facebook after episode 100. But I do want to talk about this six minutes. Six minutes. Uh, this is actually, I believe, a friend of, of Chris's, maybe Chris and Bridget, I believe at least a friend of Chris's uh, and, and mutual friend of, of a couple of my other friends, I believe, as well. Uh, and it's, it's a woman named uh, Joey McClellan. She's actually started a Kickstarter for a new film, a new short film that she is looking to, to create. And so if you're interested, we will get this, uh, this link posted onto the Facebook page. We'll get it posted on there, uh, and, and if you want to support, uh, you can do so through the Facebook page and get the Kickstarter link and everything else. Uh, and, and I'm going to talk about it for a minute because uh, Joey's a mother of three young boys, uh, and she has this, this, this script for a short film, six minutes. It's probably going to be a six-minute film, uh, and, it, and it's, about a, uh, it, it's about a teacher and two children stuck in a school closet during the intense moments of a school shooting. Uh, the short has no blood, no gore, no special effects. It's all about the heart and lives of three innocent people. So it's essentially taking place in a closet. They're going to build a closet, uh, and, and and there's some things. I, I, we'll get this shared on there, but I think this is a fantastic idea. I think this is great because this is something important. Uh, I always appreciate character development and dialogue. These are things that I love when it comes to television and, and film and everything else, uh, and not only just that personally kind of that way of storytelling, but just the importance of this. Uh, she is the mother of, of three three young boys, three young boys. Uh, and I'll tell you, I, I have a two-year-old, so I don't have that fear on a daily basis, but it's already starting for me, having to eventually send my child to school, having to eventually send my child to school and the, and the risk of a school shooting occurring uh, while my child is simply trying to learn. And so this could bring a lot of awareness to that, uh, as well as just being a great short film. Uh, so we're going to get it shared. Again, Chris or Bridget, if you're still on the live feed, uh, get that shared on the Facebook page, the the link to that Kickstarter. We're going to share the heck out of it. Uh, I think it's a fantastic idea, and it's something we we at Go Tell to the Wall definitely, definitely, definitely want to support uh, because it is, it's just common sense. It's hashtag common sense. Absolutely hashtag common sense. 
All right, uh, a couple more things. I threw these just into uh, threw these just into parenting, but I think they're kind of cool anyway. Lego came out with a new uh, Lego set. It's an Apollo 11 set, and it's a a new set depicting the lunar landing. Lunar landing, and they've got this to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 mission. I think this is fantastic. It looks like a cool Lego set to build just in general, uh, but I also think it's great because kids can get excited early on and have fun. They can get excited about science. They can get excited about, you know, uh, uh, space travel and everything else, and I think that's something that, that really should be cultivated in young children, really in anybody, uh, but here's a great fun way for them to do that. Another thing... Uh, but when it comes to shopping online, if you're going to get that Lego set, you can probably get it s straight through lego.com. Uh, but if you are shopping online for your children, please keep in mind that you're not always going to get the thing that you're looking at when you, that the thing that you looked at to order when it actually arrived. And I bring that up because there's an example of a mother of a three-year-old, uh, Kelsey Don Williamson. She talked to BuzzFeed News and actually had ordered a t-shirt uh, that featured like Mr. Toad. And you've all seen this, this painting it's mr toad and another and they're on a tandem bike and stuff and something i wasn't aware of but apparently this was also used for a meme it was used for a meme interestingly enough uh, and that meme is this image uh, but it was actually this image and underneath it says f the police so what happened was she had ordered a shirt with just that image on it but got the shirt with the meme image on it including the text on there so unfortunately her kid is not going to be able to wear that f the police shirt at least i hope she will not uh, because that would be wildly inappropriate for a three-year-old it's wildly inappropriate just wildly i still don't understand what's happening with our technical difficulties here it's kind of ridiculous let me see if i can uh see if i can work a couple other things here as we move on to sports uh, i have one thing that i want to talk about in sports one thing to talk about in sports, uh, and that would be uh, rest in peace Bill Buckner. We lost a great baseball player this past week. He was 69 years old, and if you're not familiar with Bill Buckner, he was a fantastic baseball player uh, who played in the late 70s through the early 90s. Played Oh, God, he played like 20 years in the majors. 20 years in the majors. And uh, unfortunately, this week passed away. Additionally, unfortunately, he is constantly and, and forever will be tied to a certain event that happened during the 1986 World Series. Those of you that are familiar with baseball, uh, he is the one that, that let the ball roll between his legs in extra innings of uh, Game 6 of the 1986 World Series. He has forever been blamed for that. Forever been blamed for that. And I got real frustrated this week because I saw stories coming out, and a lot of the titles for the stories uh, would be like Bill Buckner, you know, uh, who messed up the 1986 World Series or whatever else it might have been, blah, 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 and all, you know, and it was always like, no, he was a batting champion. He was an all-star. He was a fantastic baseball player, played for like 20 years. And on top of that, something I want to talk about right now as a Red Sox fan, uh, I was very young back then, obviously, uh, but as a Red Sox fan, this happened in extra innings. But right before that happened, the Red Sox had a two-run lead. The entire Red Sox team gave up the two-run lead, which then brought up the possibility of a winning run, which is what Bill Buckner, unfortunately, uh, had an error on, and the ball went between his, between his legs and allowed a run to score. On top of that, it was game six. The Red Sox still could have won game seven. You can't blame the entire thing on one man when the entire team failed. The entire team failed. And that's why, rest in peace, Bill Buckner, 
I'm going to remember you for much, 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 much more than one silly little play. All right, let's get into some tech. We are just about done here. Uh, I want to run through a couple of these tech things. We got some news from Uber. They're going to start deactivating riders with low ratings. That's right. If you have, so get your ratings up on there, or you could be deactivated. Hipsters of the world are now going to be much, much, much more polite when they get into those Ubers, knowing that eventually they might not be able to, to actually do that. Uh, Google Play Store this week announced that they are cracking down on some things specifically pertaining to children's apps, uh, but also pertaining to apps that that uh, that provide marijuana delivery. That's right. They're going to crack on down on those. They're not allowing any marijuana delivery apps in their store. Kind of sucks, but I get it. Like it, it's their store. It's their choice. That's what they can do. You know, it's amazing. They have that choice. And I also get it because you got to remember they're an international brand. And you can't necessarily get marijuana delivery inter like everywhere in the world right now. You just you can't. So it, I, I I get it. It's disappointing, but I get it. Uh, Amazon just announced a uh, a new Echo Show. Amazon Echo Show. It's a five and a half inch Echo Show. These are the Echo. You know the Alexa does all the things, but this has a little screen attached to it. If you're not familiar with it, uh, the cost is only ninety dollars. Definitely some shots fired at Google and Apple. Uh, some news from Asus, Asus, Asus gets pronounced both ways. They just uh, launched a ZenBook Pro Duo. This is a new laptop with two 4K touchscreen displays. Uh, this makes sense. I'm seeing more and more news about dual, dual display laptops, so we'll probably see more and more and more of that. Uh, another new product coming out of one of the new one of the big tech companies is Apple just announced a new iPod Touch. That's right. They just announced a new iPod Touch, surprisingly, because they haven't updated the iPod Touch since 2015, but apparently they will be doing so here. And it makes sense uh, for people that that don't want to have a smartphone, but they want a lot of the capabilities of a smartphone or for kids. Uh, and really, it can work as a remote control for like a lot of your Apple products. I, we don't have Apple products in the house other than Apple TV, but we do have a, an, an iPod Touch still in the house. And I use it on occasion. It's a great music player. It's just if you want to just store your music on a music player, it works there as well. So that's good, too. Uh, all right. Couple comments. No, I'm going to save these things. I'm just going to save these common sense things because our live feed is going out and we are out of time anyway. All right, wall fans. Uh, sorry, there's no common sense section this week, but I feel like we had a lot of other common sense throughout the show that we usually do anyway. That is going to do it for us and episode 98 of Go Tell It to the Wall podcast. Don't forget, we've got some big things planned for episode 100. That's coming up very, very, very soon. Uh, we will be back next week, same wall place, same wall time, with episode 99. It's crazy to think episode 99. We've done well over 100 episodes overall for Go Tell It to the Wall podcast. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Tell the Wall Pod and at Magic Muppet. Of course, on Facebook, facebook.com slash go tell to the wall. Uh, and YouTube, head on over to YouTube, search go tell to the wall and subscribe to our channel. Uh, most importantly, it would be SeanO'RourkeLive.com. Just remember that bookmark it and you're going to find links to all those things I just mentioned as well. Oh, man, so much stuff going on right there. All right, as I mentioned, this has been episode 98 of Go Tell to the Wall podcast. I am, of course, your absolute favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke, and thank you to Chris and Bridget, as always, for joining us this week. We will be back next week, and remember, wall fans, common sensors, podcast consumers, no matter what you do, no matter who you're with, no matter where you go, and no matter why you are doing it, always, always use common sense.